the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm a big fan of couples being able to talk about money. Um, Before you take Social Security, so when you're 55 years old, you and your spouse should have ideas about how long do we want to work? How much do we have saved? What are your retirement goals? You put off taking Social Security if you're going to be healthy and you haven't saved enough. That way you can get a bigger return of income later. So if you can wait till 70, I recommend it, especially if you've not saved enough. Some other things to talk about. Millennials are making a big mistake. One third of young workers are hearing stuff on radio and TV that you are going to have to replace 60% of your pre-retirement income or less after they've left the workforce for good. This means that they were thinking of, you know, they do the numbers really quickly, like $100,000 income equals 60000 but you have to take into account inflation. Um, and how much you're going to spend as a retiree, I don't think you really know when you're a millennial. So keep saving, young buckaroo. Um, you want to have at least, at least, I would say, 10 to 20 times your income before you retire. And again, maybe that number is going to change to the higher side. Always excited to bring in new voices. Joining me now, Stephanie Richmond, EP Wealth Advisors. You can find her at epwealth.com. She's a regional director and direct advisor to clients. If you want her to review your situation, find her at epwealth.com under Stephanie Richmond, Bay Area. You'll find her. I know you can. I won a million dollars in a lottery and I decided to donate a quarter of it to charity. Now I have $999,999.75. Charitable gifting to me is a weird thing because I grew up very blue collar, very lower middle income kind of family. Let's talk to Stephanie Richmond a little bit about charitable gifting and charitable giving. Stephanie? Hey, thanks, Rob. I think it's important to know that if you are charitably inclined, perhaps unlike Rob, (laughs) although he just said he might consider it is that you do need to make your charitable donations by December 31st, right? To count towards this year's taxes, if you will. And what I want to let you know is that everyone can make a deductible charitable contribution this year, whether or not you itemize on your taxes. So if you're single and want to donate to charity, but don't itemize, you can actually give $300 to charity and deduct that. If you're a married couple, you can actually give up to $600 and deduct that this year without itemizing. Um, Others who do itemize may want to give more. And what you you can give is cash, or you can also give appreciated investments like mutual funds or stocks. And what's so cool about that, Rob, is that you can actually avoid any capital gains on those investments that have grown. And you also get to deduct um, the total value of that mutual fund or uh, appreciated stock as well. And the last thing to know for those of you that might be doing cash or 
donations of investments is that you can deduct up to 60% of your adjusted gross income if you give cash in, in any calendar year. And you can deduct up to 30% of your adjusted gross income if you give um, uh, investments that have gotten substantial gains embedded in them. Stephanie Richmond, she's a certified financial planner. She's regional director for EP Wealth. You can find her at epwealth.com. Charitable giving and gifting is a strategic part of estate planning. I like it, but I have to use a financial planner myself to really get me motivated to do it. Uh, But it does help my bottom line. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find Stephanie online at epwealth.com. Warren Buffett is in the news. He started the year in style with his fourth quarter portfolio update in February. It's something I always cherish every 90 days when he gives us a little bit of insight into his holdings. He revealed a $4.1 billion stake in Chevron and an $8.6 billion position in Verizon. He answered the question of which mystery stocks he had been buying in recent months. He trimmed his largest position in Apple. He halved it with Wells Fargo. He exited JP Morgan, M&T Banks. Um, so he makes mistakes. There's no doubt about it. Buffett came under fire in June after media, financial media, secured the tax returns of some of the wealthiest Americans reported that the investor only paid $25 million in federal taxes income between 2014 and 2018. He's pledged to give over 99% of his net worth to philanthropic causes and has already donated about half his Berkshire A share since 2006. He resigned as a trustee of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in June. He explained that he was barely involved in the foundation's work and had already stepped down from all corporate boards except his own. He highlighted his $4.1 billion in total donations to charities, five of them, including the Gates Foundation. His business partner, Charlie Munger, doesn't get a lot of headlines, but um, they talked about their friendship in a touching manner back in June. Neither one of them likes Robin Hood and the gamification of stocks. Berkshire's third quarter earnings underline how hard it has been for Buffett to find bargain stocks. So what we learned in the third quarter this year was he started stockpiling cash. He sold a net $7 billion of stock. He was on track to repurchase a record $25 billion of his own stock this year. It grew its cash pile to an unprecedented $149 billion, similar to Apple. I mean, seriously, how many companies can you think of that have over $100 billion laying around? That would be a bank account that I'd be like, you can make a bad superhero movie out of, right? One guy steals one penny a day from every single account. No one will ever miss a penny, right? <clears throat> he put $36 billion into Apple between 2016 and 2018. He put in $36 billion, its share, $150 billion. So he's always interesting to watch. Because I probably, eh. okay, so we knew oil was going to perk up when economies reopened. I don't think we knew oil was going to go up 50, 60, 70% at times this year. Outsized move because we had outsized stimulus. Um, And again, it's just not something you think of and go, oh yeah, it's going to be my bet at the beginning of the year. But he did. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Santa Claus rally, end of the year. It's a very specific event tied towards Santa Claus. So you know what time of year it's coming. Um, It's the last five trading days of the current year and the first two of the next year. It has produced positive returns 34 out of the past 45 years for an average return of 1.4%, which is really amazing. 34 out of 45, that's consistent. Healthcare um, has been up in the last month. Consumer staples have been up. I've liked that. In large part, technology hasn't done quite as well. So our breadth of the market, the, the width of it is, is improving. There appears to be no mass shutdowns of the U.S. economy. Bottlenecks and supply chain should work out well for 2022. That's the thesis that you have to have for the Santa Claus rally to equal a 2022 rally. I am positive on 2022 due to historically low interest rates. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. TikTok was the most popular website in 2021, taking over Google. The year before, it was number eight. This is kind of important to talk about. That is a pretty big shift. What happened? TikTok, owned by the Chinese company, formerly known as ByteDance, became available worldwide in 2018, August, when it merged with another popular app called Musical.ly. The app rose exponentially in popularity. People of all ages flooded the app. It's not just for kids. My little sister's daughter is on it in what I would refer to as kind of annoying. She posts little dance videos. Love my sister. Love her daughter. But I don't... I'm not a big fan of hip hop dancing for teenagers. And I know you're saying, Rob, it gets them out of the house. It gets them exercise. I get all that. That's great. But I kind of wish coding or science was kind of mixed in with that sometimes. Um, and I have to be careful what I say, because it could be really offensive really quickly to a group of uh, society where I, just, I don't see the purpose of tap dancing. Just don't see it. I know it's an art form. I get it, but don't see the usefulness in a 14-year-old's life. So TikTok saw growth in the usage of 15 to 25-year-olds, about 180%. In the first quarter of 2020, when the effects of COVID-19 started to impact many around the world, TikTok saw 315 million downloads worldwide. 315 million at the start of the pandemic. It has now been downloaded 3 billion times. A milestone only Facebook has ever hit. The app is the go-to place for markets, uh, for companies that want to push their products into new markets. To the point that TikTok has talked about opening up ghost kitchens, where one of the things on TikTok is, let's make really disgusting cheesy pasta. And suddenly it's delicious. And everyone wants it. You can now get it delivered to your home. Pretty crazy idea. Nice vertical. Really nice vertical, though. So that's out there. Steph Curry is selling non-fungible token sneakers. And what I'm going to tell you here is, and I'll say the names a couple times, 
Um, you can kind of see where the metaverse is trying to go. If you go YouTube, Gala Games, Gala Games, or go YouTube, The Sandbox, or go hit YouTube and hit Decentraland, and Steph Curry's record-breaking shoes, he sold 2,974 NFTs. So there's only be 2,954, and they're all going to be controlled by blockchain. So if I decide to resell it, Steph Curry can get a piece of the action, or Steph Curry's foundation can get a piece of the action. But in the video games that you can play it in, like I said, there's three games right now where you can wear his shoes, Gala Games, The Sandbox, and Decentraland. None of the graphics are like, wow, you don't really feel, but you'll see if you go to YouTube where they're trying to go and where Steph Curry sneakers could fit into that. So let's get a little more details on this. The digital kicks called Genesis Curry Flows sold out instantly. They priced in at $333, which was a nod to the three-point angle, 333. All the proceeds are being donated to organizations facilitating access to sports which is Steph Curry's foundation tied towards uh, um, his sneaker contract with Under Armour. So do I really care about wearing Steph Curry's shoes in the metaverse? Not in these video games because they're kind of blocky, to say the least. Um, But down the road, when we try to get up to Mark Zuckerberg's vision, um, they actually would be look like Steph Curry shoes. And you'd say, wow, that's less a lot less blocky. But we're not there yet. And many in the financial world think that's not going to be realized like Zuckerberg wants it to. Elon Musk totally poked fun at the idea of the metaverse, um, which I find interesting. So let's talk about non-fungible tokens because we started this year barely knowing anything about them. And now most of you have heard of them. And I think maybe we heard like Rob Gronkowski. He sold five NFTs from his five iconic Super Bowl touchdowns. I could be wrong. That was a five touchdowns, but five iconic Super Bowls. He did that right after the Patriots won the World Series. Oh, not the World Series. (laughs) Super Bowl, sorry. Um, So that was back in February. And we all kind of went, wow, he made how much money? Millions. Selling digital pictures of himself? Yes. Forget bubblegum cards. Pokemon, baseball cards, they're all going NFTs. Uh, total sales in 2021 of digital items have surged to 12 billion. That number will only go higher every year. The NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NFL, um, all love this as new sources of income. So get ready for it. It's kind of entertaining. It's kind of cringeworthy, but uh, I'm going with it. <laughs> For lack of a better term, I'm letting that one go right on to the uh, front of the line and saying, I, I think it's going to grow. <clears throat> Any reasonable person would probably consider me affluent. You get. Lucky in life if you figure out what you want to do. I don't fly a first class, even though I'm affluent. I just don't get it. I don't get a three-course meal on planes. 
the airline industry is completely deregulated. As recently as 1970s, it became overly regulated. You're starting to see United drop flights. They dropped 11 regional flights out of Washington, D.C. into cities like Bangor, Maine, Asheville, North Carolina. So the airline industry was regulated and prices were very much so set. And then it was deregulated and prices very much so set where you compete on price. Back in 2013, a trip from New York to Los Angeles, you can get a ticket for $200. Now a ticket from San Francisco to New York City, about $1,000 if you do it during the holidays, about $600 if you do it uh, off-peak. Adjusting flying for inflation, it's still a pretty good deal. Um, but in the end, most people only have so much money to spend. So there's always been areas that I just don't understand. Home buying in 2022, cruise industry in 2022, movies in 2022. I think we're all kind of wondering what it's all going to look like. What was once the most overused word for the U.S. housing market in 2021 was hot. Will it cool down? It's still going to be pretty healthy because there's incredibly low supply. When the supply hits six months, that's when there'll be not deals to be had, but that's when sellers don't. That's when sellers have to get creative to get buyers to do multi bids. Right now, sellers don't have to do anything, as I found out. I bought a home this summer. I sold a home this fall. Pandemic drove intense demand for bigger houses as well-to-do buyers tapped historically low mortgage rates. The only thing I regret about my current mortgage at 2.4% is that I didn't get a bigger version of it. I should have borrowed more money. In theory, I can get 2.4% of my sleep in the stock market. Now, with that said, that that's not true. Anything can happen, and therefore you start doing a lot of analysis. The Federal Reserve expects to hike interest rates three times next year. That should make borrowing slightly more expensive, but still historically low. Will 2022 be defined by higher rates, easing inflation, and slower increases in home prices? It could. It's still going to be a very, very good year, though, with this low supply. Do we deserve to grow at 20%? No. If I could curse, I would have just said something... That would have got me fired. I think one thing that we're going to see in 2022 as a hot trend is people moving to areas that align with their politics. Uh, a friend of mine, his wife is, she's the type of monster that tells other kids they don't have to wear masks, tells other parents they don't have to wear masks. So she needs to get out of, out of California because that's not going to fly in California. So they're going to probably move to Nevada or Texas in an area that kind of aligns with their politics. I see that. I get that. Supreme Court decides contentious cases related to abortion rights and gun rights. We'll see more migration for political reasons. Home buyers are going to start taking climate risks seriously. I've got a place in the mountains that 
every year as I get older and every year as I see more wildfires in California, I spend more maintenance money making sure it's as fireproof safe as possible. And that's just silly because there's a lot of trees around. Um, but climate risk is starting to get into home buying and home selling angles. Small towns are sexy right now. As more work from home becomes more of a norm, small towns will experience a boom. The days of coming to the office five days a week are over. Some form of flexibility, whether it's two days, three days, or the first week of each month. People are going to want to match their lifestyles with their homes more and more. Housing wealth is a real term. I'm going to be interested in 22, watching millennials entering their prime home buying years. There's a shortage of homes, new homes, and existing homes for sale. Affordability is still a problem and supply is too low. Real estate will have a good 2022. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Santa Claus is coming to town. The question remains, is he coming to Wall Street? We've seen a big rebound from the lows on Monday. It looks like a Santa Claus rally. I'm looking at my screen of stocks, and most of them are higher. Um, And it's names like McDonald's and Amazon and Visa and Starbucks, Cisco. Every now and then I can find one that's a little bit lower. Um, But those are typically income stocks like public storage, which you can own public storage. Pretty weird concept, is it not? Should be. Um, But that's real estate. People get bigger houses, they get more stuff, they put more stuff into storage. So the markets are surging today. Dow's up 200 plus points. The NASDAQ is up 95 points. The SP 500's up 30 points. So it feels like a Santa Claus rally to me. So five days at the end of the year and the first two of the new year. Um, A lot of people believe in this kind of stuff. I think it's nice. It's, It's good to see, but it doesn't get me excited. Personal income increased four-tenths of a percent month over month. Um, That's up six-tenths. Let's see. I want to exclude food and energy. Um, This is considered good economic news, generally good, the exception of the inflation component of personal income. Initial jobless claims for the week ending December 18 were unchanged at 205,000. That's a pretty good number. The key takeaway there is that it covers the week in which the survey for December employment situation report is conducted. Um, We should see some relatively strong gains for job creation in December when we get that number on the first Friday of January. So economic data coming down the road, we're starting to say it looks good. It's looking good. We still have incredibly low interest rates. 
which the Fed gave us a Christmas gift a couple of years ago when they started slashing rates due to the pandemic. It's really interesting. We Most of my career has been in an interest rate environment where it tends to get lower or stay low for prolonged periods of time. Very little of my career has been in a rising interest rate environment. So I'm not stupid. I could say that I massively benefit from interest rates and the monetary policy. If you thought we were going into prolonged inflation, if you thought we're next 30 years from now, we're looking at fewer resources, fewer homes, uh, more cost to ship stuff around the world, more cost for energy. Uh, For instance, I, I do think we live in a lithium era. I think the next 10 years of the chargeable batteries that cars and you're going to want for the side of your home. I, I, I think lithium is something everyone should be looking into as a potential investment for the long term. And that's weird because it's metal. And you know how many times I've recommended metals in my life? Never. So just throwing that down there for you. Um, components to make batteries the commodities very interesting that's a that's an area the united states really needs to invest in in my opinion the s&p 500 is up 1.6 percent for the week entering today's session and up 3.7 percent since monday's lows the nasdaq's up even better for the week up 2.3 percent up 4.5 percent from the lows monday where are we at right now we're at that two days, the day before Christmas Eve. So yesterday, um, no, no, this Monday, Monday the 29th is when we're going to start tracking the uh, Santa Claus rally. So next week, we'll, can we bleed up, bleed up, yeah, melt up a little bit higher? Um, I think that's what people are going to be watching. So stock indexes are testing all-time highs in the final session before Christmas. It's interesting because I'm at the age where I have enough to retire, but I'm not at the age where I want it to retire or ever thought I would retire. So it makes the last few years of my career even more enjoyable um, because I'm doing what I really, truly love. And I appreciate you all. You can always find me at epwealth.com. That's epwealth.com. Market forecasting. We'll get into that a little bit next week um, and into the new year. Take care. Have a good day. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Stocks are higher today, pushing on that Santa Claus rally theme and an idea. Mini Santa rally feels like it's picking up steam. Tesla made the return to the $1 trillion club yesterday. All three major markets had a rebounding day. NASDAQ, S&P 500, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. All up about 1% in that territory. Dow is up three quarters of 1%. The NASDAQ a little bit more than 1.18%. 
Consumer confidence rose this month at its highest level since July, showing that Omicron and inflation concerns are noted, and we've moved on. The Omicron so far appears way more transmissible, but way less lethal. And that's, again, I'm not a doctor. If you're a high risk, you could still be very, very scary to see that coming into town. Unleash the COVID pills. Unleash the Kraken. Unleash the COVID pills. Now unleash the Kraken. We've now seen two, not one, but two um, pills for take at home. If you get the COVID diagnosis, pop this pill and hopefully you'll be able to work your way through it at home without hospitalization. FDA clears a second at-home COVID treatment from Merck. So there's also another one out there from Pfizer. I don't know enough about medicine, but I hope this these drugs have other uses in the future for viral type scenarios um, or can they be crafted or, or tinkered with. But a lot of genetic technology going into this stuff. And I'm happy for it. Like I said, I, I hope some of this gets pulled forward in my life. People infected with Omicron in South Africa are 80% less likely to be hospitalized than those infected with other COVID strains. Israel is offering a fourth COVID vaccine, those two immunocompromised people, everyone over 60 and healthcare workers in order to blunt the effects of Omicron. <clears throat> they seem to be the most strict I guess we could probably say China, right? It's probably a little bit more strict. China, there's a big headline today. City of 200,000 shut down for one infection. Blue pill, red pill. Matrix is out again, and it feels like the metaverse is front and center for us to start to consider for 2022. Supply chains are a big story in 2021, 2022. If you dropped the ball on your gift that you wanted to send out this year, you're going to have to find an excuse other than say supply chains, UPS and postal office, um, United States Postal Office, USPS. So they've delivered about 99% of their packages on time or with minimal delays. FedEx wasn't far behind at 97%. FedEx and the Postal Service and UPS are delivering packages faster now than in the post-Thanksgiving period in 2019. I think what happened when we look back on this, you'll say we've gotten better at understanding our failures on supply chain. I hope. Tokyo is facing a $12.7 billion bill for hosting the Olympics this summer, nearly twice as much as originally planned. I never understand why cities want to do this, especially like out of the way kind of cities. Um, when there's infrastructure already in place in many parts of the world. Tokyo is facing $12.7 billion bill. Um, the average cost overrun for the Olympics since starting hosting uh, city venues, uh, started bidding on them has skyrocketed. I just don't understand why Anissa would want to do it. It's not for me. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Amazon's putting a cap on its take-home COVID test. Um, very interesting. People are hoarding them, or is there just demand? TikTok got more traffic than Google in 2021. The short-form video app jumped from the eighth most popular website in 2020 to the top spot this year, surpassing even Google. That's fascinating. Um, I think that's kind of, I'm not going to say historic, but it's pretty epic that they pulled that off. The government's investigating Tesla letting people play video games while driving. It's a really bad idea. But they've got one of the nice things about Tesla's is they have software that you can literally plug an Xbox controller into your console and play some video games. And some of them you can actually come home and buy from like the Sony PlayStation or the Xbox. So letting people do that while they're driving. Uh, Oh, the passenger's playing. It's not the driver. Uh, You see where I'm going at with that. That's just cringy. People are stupid. Uh, We'll always find new ways to do dumb stuff. Yesterday was kind of interesting. Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk started talking about what's called Web3. And I think Jack Dorsey really doesn't want to go down in history as a, a billionaire who got venture capital money. He wants to go down in history as a guy who changed the world with decentralized finance, where the bank and the country doesn't record the financial ledgers, but you can do business anywhere you want with anyone you want. Um, Web3, um, he's basically saying, look, Web 2.0 went to the Zuckerbergs, the Dorseys. Like, we know who won that, right? The social media world. Um, he's saying, we don't want Web 3 to be won by Mark Andreessen. So Mark Andreessen blocked him on Twitter. Um, I find that interesting. That if you want the world to own something, you stay away from venture capital money. The venture capital money lets you build a platform, but it goes to corporations instead of the world. I find it interesting. Dorsey's trying to change his uh, what do his gravitas, maybe his weight in the world. And I get it. I get it. When you have money, you don't need more. He's certainly in that world. Americans aren't scared of inflation because they think it's already peaked. We talked a little bit about consumer confidence earlier. <clears throat> Look, the housing numbers that came out yesterday showed 12% year-over-year price appreciation, down from 20%. So yeah, you could say it's peaked, but 12% is pretty high. Elon Musk and Tesla went back to a trillion-dollar company. Tesla chief offloaded another 548 million shares yesterday, and he said he's about down with his 10% total. He's still going to have to sell on a regular basis, a very regular basis if you pick up what I'm putting down. So TikTok is in the news today for taking over the most amount of traffic. It's interesting because The Matrix, one of my sons is like, hey, I hear that in movies. It'd be pretty good. I go, you want to watch the old one? He got about 10 minutes into it and was bored. On with TikTok. You can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter, Roblox Show, YouTube, Roblox Show. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.